1: The climate while we brace against the wind oh these hearts they where their makers will go where they take us until we find ourselves shelter again we won't settle for the side drown in the tears. We'll say every single word, even if we think they'll hurt. Let the rain wash away. morning, but now what we need is a little rain on our face from you, sweet Saint Honesty. it to me Saint honesty A little rain on our face from you, sweet Saint Honesty.
2: Please pray with me. Loving God with open hearts, we welcome all who have gathered to worship you in this place all who have come for a little rain on our face, all who have come to be in your presence, may we be present in your presence to receive the love and grace that only you have for each and every one of us. Amen. Let us stand and sing together, please.
1: See on the portals He's waiting and watching, watching Calling no oh, sinner, come home.
2: Our prayer of admission this morning can be found in our program. In a moment, we will say this collectively together, admitting that we are less than perfect, admitting that we still have a ways to go. Perhaps this week I felt like I could always get it right and maybe you were like me. Perhaps this week I knew God was one direction and I went the other direction. Perhaps, perhaps I was a little bit rude and self-serving during this week and I need an opportunity to come back home, Jesus is calling. Let us say the prayer of admission together to acknowledge our sin followed by a moment of silence. Lord, we admit that we need you. We admit that we do not get it right. We cannot get it right. We can be selfish and rude and self-seeking. We act out of fear and out of anger. We distance ourselves from you. Forgive us, we pray. Draw us even closer to you. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and me. Family, the Lord our God is merciful and forgiven. Through and by the blood of Jesus, we are reconciled. We are redeemed. We are forgiven. Thanks be to God.
0: Next Sunday, August 13th, is a Sunday where we will move from worshiping together at one service at 10 a.m. to two services, 9 a.m. and 10.30 Um, And that's because we've been watching this summer and it has felt a bit crowded like this. And we know there are still people on vacations, on planes right now. So we gotta be prepared when school comes back in session. So um, I know how things work in Columbia and we could send out all the email reminders and I could record all the Instagram stories. Um, But the way it works in Columbia is that like your friends expect you to text them and say what's up, right? So if you've ever seen anybody worship at downtown church, this is a good week to text them and say, hey, I'm going to this service. Let's go get brunch after. We'll make sure Dawn preaches for less than 15 minutes so we still beat the Baptist, okay? (laughs) 9 and 10.30. The cool thing is all the people that are used to coming late will show up at 10 and they'll be early (laughs) and it'll be fun for all of us for like one Sunday. So today is the final Sunday in this summer series. Uh, This summer, we have been packing a bag um, of tools, of things that help us in our spiritual experience of walking on this earth. Things like goldfish and Gatorade and water and shelter, knife, map, match, foot care. And today, the final thing we're gonna pack is our first aid kit. Now, you'll find all sorts of things in a first aid kit, like Band-Aids, those are my kids' favorite, even when they're not hurt, sterilizers, scissors, tape, and always some kind of balm, Neosporin or something like that. And today, we're gonna focus on that balm. So listen with me to the word of God from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter eight, verses 18 through 22. The prophet mourns for the people. My joy is gone, grief is upon me. My heart is sick. Listen, the cry of the daughter of my people from far and wide in the land, is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not in her? Why, God says, why? Have they provoked me to anger with their images and their foreign idols? Jeremiah says, the harvest is past, the summer is ended and we are not saved. For the brokenness of, my, of the daughter of my people, I am broken. I mourn and horror has seized me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of, my, of the daughter of my people not been restored? This is the word of God for the people of God. The title of today's message is The Balm, not lip balm, The Balm. Growing up, I had these really good friends that were twins in my grade, and then they had another set of twins that were two grades behind them, four kids, a family of six, And all four of those kids were super athletic. Like every season they were playing a different game, which meant that it was very common that someone in the house was injured. You know, a broken elbow, a scrape across the face, it was normal, didn't faze them. Well, one day I was over at their house, we were playing volleyball in the backyard, and I fell on my knee, just weird, you know, it hurt. And the game stopped. And the kids, they all kind of helped usher me inside, It was like they'd been through it before, you know? And one of the brothers, the twins that were younger than us, one of them helped me over and the other one got a a chair from the kitchen and and pulled it and helped me sit down. While the girls, my friends, ran to find their parents. They're crying out for their parents. Mom, dad, come quick. So the parents come and they uh, kneel down and they're looking at my knee and they're moving it around and making sure it has the full, you know, motion, movement. And then... The mom says, we've got just the treatment. And they did that thing, you know, where family or friends communicate without words. You know what I'm talking about? Like she got a half smirk on her face and she gets up and she goes to the pantry and she pulls out a jar of peanut butter. I'm pretty sure she asked me if I was allergic, just pretty sure. She, I, I'm not. She, she took the, the jar of peanut butter and she picked up a spoon and she just took a huge spoonful of peanut butter and she starts lathering it on my knee. And I'm confused, but I don't even have time to process because all six of them, both parents, all four kids yell, Annie! And tumbling down the stairs comes this like 80 pound black Labrador. And Annie's like two years old, like that puppy energy, it is pure, it is there. So she is just like bounding towards me and her tongue is just swinging on the ground and she skids across the, the kitchen floor trying to stop at my knee and she just goes to town. She's just licking up my knee and I'm ticklish. So I start to laugh and everybody starts to laugh. And then I remember this moment when the giggle stitches are all gone, the dad looks at me and he goes, you're healed. (laughs) You're healed. That was what they call in their household, the treatment, the family treatment. Now obviously peanut butter and Annie Slobber aren't a proven scientific medicine, right? Like they're definitely not NDA approved. But I've got to admit that there was something in Annie's spirit that did make me feel better. There was something about how that family knew how to attend to me, how everything stopped, how they got on my knee and made sure that my my knee was still okay, how they offered me their own special balm. Jeremiah is like my friend, one of the twins, who's calling out for her parent to come help. He sees the suffering of this people and he stops what he's doing and he says, God, where are you? Is the Lord not in Zion? Is the Lord not here? I don't know about you, but this is like my greatest fear to be abandoned. That's my greatest fear, that in my time of suffering, In my time of physical pain, I will call out to God and I won't hear God's voice. Anybody else have that fear with me? And that spiritual fear has this tendency to just get mixed up in our human relationships. And so I start worrying about humans that might abandon me, loved ones, or I don't know, physicians and bombs that might not be there in my time of need. I want you to know that I know many of you are suffering right now. I want you to know that I know many of you are asking, where is God right now? Why can't God do something about this? Why can't God go ahead and take this pain away or at least speed up the healing process already? I hear your questions and I want you to know I repeat them nightly in my prayers. And I read Jeremiah who speaks to us, to us who are hurting, to us who need healing right now. And the message is clear, there is a balm in Gilead. There is a physician right here. God is the great physician. God gives the very balm we need, the family balm passed down generation to generation. And the balm that Jeremiah's talking about, it's a resin that comes from trees that was used for medicinal purposes. And you know what that tells me? It tells me that God not only created healing balms like aloe vera plants that you break open to put on a burn. God also created scientists and doctors and medical minds, cancer treatments. I wish that healing could always be peanut butter and puppy dogs but I know that it's not. Our experience of healing is often painful. It's often isolating. It's almost always terrifying because we're waiting for someone else to attend to us, to know what we need better than we do. All the more reason we need God, you and me. We need the great physician guiding us through, giving us hope when we tend to lean toward despair, defying statistics, giving us the healing we need, even when that healing isn't the one we want. There's a physician I know, an oncologist who works with kids, and I can't imagine how hard his job is. He tells me that when he uh, talks to patients and their parents, he never gives them statistics, never. He says he gives the diagnosis and immediately they focus on the plan, the treatment, the balm, the work of healing. He says, I don't give statistics because I've seen the kid who has a 95% chance of survival die. And I've watched the kid that has a 2% chance of survival live for 20 years. Or more. He says, I focus on the balm of healing. That is my job, the work, the treatment. And he hopes, he prays for a cure that's gonna be discovered that he can put his trust in 100% for every patient under his care. He prays for that, but he knows healing is more nuanced than that. And my friend, he rests with Jesus. As a physician, he rests with the great physician. It's what keeps him going, it's what keeps him working the treatments, even when they fail. It's what gives him trust for the process of healing. There are many of us in this room who are sick and who know we are sick. We've come to terms with that news, we know we need healing, the great physician, the only balm. Interestingly enough though, the people that Jeremiah is talking to, they don't know they are sick. Jeremiah can see they are sick, he's the one that says his joy is gone, grief is upon me, his heart is sick for them. And he's crying out for God to attend to them. The daughter of the people he's referring to is God's nation, Israel. And Jeremiah sees that they are not following God's will for them and he lets them know all the way back. Jeremiah 1, verse 16, there will be judgment because of your wickedness. And their sin, they have two. One is that they've burned incense to other gods and the second one is what gets me. They've worshiped what they made with their hands. And it won't save them. It can't save them. God remembers the early covenant with those people that God led through the wilderness where no one can live. They remembered to ask, where is God? God, where do we go? But now, generations later, we've strayed a bit and we've started to place our trust, our real trust, you know what I'm talking about, in other things. Jeremiah writes at a time that this external threat, it's real. There is a neighboring nation to the north who's about to invade and attack, take over Israel. Jeremiah can see what others cannot. He knows that no amount of human resources or foresight or military security will protect them, only God. So Jeremiah cries out for the true physician. In Jeremiah's words, they speak today. For I know we all have this temptation, this um, leaning to celebrate and to take pride in the work of our hands. I do it. Rather than ask, okay, God, where are you in this? And where do you want us to go? And we build up security and we build up our money. And I wanna be clear, having money and security are not bad things. We need them to live. In fact, I'd say it's good to be a little conservative with those so that we can attend to things happening. But our trust in those things over God, that's a sin our attachment to those things over God is a sin. And it often takes an external threat like a neighboring nation invading or a diagnosis that is beyond your control to see that those lower G gods cannot serve or save us. Only God. I commend this book of Jeremiah for you to read, but I wanna warn you, Because I know some of you take that seriously and you start reading the Bible and then you call me and you say, Dawn, I don't know about all this. I'm gonna warn you, Jeremiah doesn't sugarcoat how God feels about our disregard disregard for God. Yes, God saves us, yes, God shows up for us, yes, God heals us, but you better believe that God has some feelings about our lack of devotion when times are good. Why have they provoked me to anger with their images and their foreign idols? That's God's voice, that's God's frustration with us, with me. Throughout time, God seeks a faithful covenant with us. God attends to us the great physician and then God only wishes for us to desire God back, to worship God, to serve God, to serve each other, to turn to God when we need help. You know, I used to read these words from Jeremiah in panic, like, oh no, where is the physician? Where is the balm? As if it's not here. When in truth, it's not a panicked question from Jeremiah, does God exist? We know God does. God is here. We call out like Jeremiah and like my friends to their parents in my time of need because we know we are sick. When we read scripture, we know just how sick and we know we need the great physician. A few weeks ago during worship, we had a worshiper pass out. Some of you were here for this and I've asked for her permission to talk about that today. When she passed out, it was scary. I was scared. And there was a balm here. And there were physicians Here, I wanna tell you what I saw. When the music stopped in that sermon response and I stood up, I saw three physicians moving toward her. And the one that happened to get to her first happened to be a neurosurgeon, thanks be to God. Not only did I see the physicians, I also saw nurses and I saw a preschool director and I saw a principal of an elementary school go through that mental checklist. They were prepared they started timing the incident on their watch. I saw someone run to get the AED. And I saw several people call out, we need help. And I saw the staff calling 911 and I saw the EMS get here in less than two minutes from our call. Praise be to God. And we waited together, you and I, in those scary two minutes, we waited together. Our worship didn't go on without the care needed for that one person. We did what Jeremiah does for God's people. We cried out to God in prayer. And we grabbed the first aid kit and we grabbed the physicians and we got to see healing. The woman who passed out, she came to here with us and she was embarrassed. But you know what she told the person beside her? It feels like I just got baptized the whole community attended to me and did she want us to all watch her walking out no but was she grateful that she was here with us yeah she's doing well In fact, when she got out in the EMS, people started taking all of her numbers. She didn't even have to go to the hospital, praise be to God. And several of you and I have followed up with her. She is doing well. I want us to think about this. There are two things we can do when a medical event like that happens. There are two, there are probably lots of responses, but I'm gonna name two that I see. We can live in fear We can live in fear knowing how fragile our life is, knowing that our health is not guaranteed or we can live in faith that we are prepared because we've been given the true physician, the true balm right here, right here. Thanks be to God.
3: Somebody down the road. You should know I'd stand it. i take it. Pave a the path to get back to where you are. Oh, and if you need a light to shine, I'll buy you any star hanging in the sky. Oh, and if this world it breaks your heart, break mine in two. To get back to where you are who yeah Oh, to reach you I would never stop I keep searching for you round the clock I sing your praise is everywhere I go, you should know. In the dark, leave a path to get back to where you are, leave A path to get back to.
2: pray gracious loving God we come before you with humble hearts hearts full of gratitude for all that you've done for us just for you being God and only God we pray for a world in need of you only God we pray for a world that is broken, in need of wholeness, in need of healing. We pray for a people in need of restoration, the restoration of respect, the restoration of patience, the restoration of love and appreciation for you and for each other and all that you have made. We pray for a people in need of affection and companionship and being seen. We pray for those who feel like joy will never come again but let them know that joy will come again. We pray for those who are immersed in grief, who feel like it will never go away. There will be a day where grief no longer overtakes them. We pray for those who are sick in the heart. We pray for those who know they're sick and those who don't know they're sick. And we even pray for those who think they might be sick and are afraid to find out. Lord, we pray for those in need of faith over fear to recognize that you, God, only you, God, are the one we call on. You are the bomb. You are the healer. You are the master physician and for that, we are grateful and we are thankful. And now we pray together as your son Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil For thine is kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand with me, family, for our affirmation of faith. You can find it in your program. Family, what do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing together.
1: I can hear my singing. I'll go
0: with him, with him, all the way. We have packed our toolkit this summer. And we are ready because we are more aware of God's presence with us. And so as you go from this place and time of worship, may the peace, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the interruption of that Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.